Hey there, before getting started with this life-changing from struggle to success interview, I need to mention that her identity is entirely in secret. She is running a very successful and well-organized microdosing business. I was compelled to interview her for a few reasons. It's remarkable how similar of journeys her and I seem to be on and how many more of you seem to be on a similar path as well. Her business operates without public advertisement and she has 60, six zero clients. You will hear her mention that she felt at one point she needed an assistant. Before this occupation of hers, she was working at a water park resort. Her story directly shows that we can take back control at any time. She deeply states that microdosing removed her mental health disorder that is ADHD. She has an immense amount of patience she never thought was possible. And she no longer reaches for fast acting or quick gratifications such as alcohol or late night club dancing. Please stick around after the interview as I tell a story she shared about a client. We ended up talking for two hours after our hour-long interview. This story involves a client undergoing ketamine therapy, actual medically provided ketamine therapy for depression and became addicted to K, to ketamine. This story further shows how clinical trials can be dangerous, especially human clinical trials. This is why we animal test so much, as well as how microdosing a plant medicine can heal depression as well as a newly formed addiction. I hope you enjoyed the undulating graphic I chose for YouTube viewing. I feel it deeply depicts the never-ending processes of energy and interconnected life. All right, let's get started on this effing life-changing interview. Do you have a business name? I do not have a business name. How do people find your business? So I do it um, word of mouth, pretty much, and friends and family. So. Every time that it's really working well for my client and they're having breakthroughs, they go ahead and they let their friends and family know who they feel needs it as well, and they get a hold of me. I believe that. I have been given recommendations over the years for all sorts of spiritual work, microdosing work, etc. It's always word of mouth within circles and networks. Yeah, and, and I mean, I have 60 clients right now, so it's definitely crazy the amount of people that this is helping but it's nice that they're able to share something like that with people that are open for it i wish you guys could see my face right now because my jaw just hit the floor you guys she has 60 clients and she essentially doesn't advertise her advertisement is organic yes and her entire support is organic this is really neat for me to wrap my head around because as a business owner for 10 years that is very online and loud and present. It's cool to know you can make mountains without ever really being present. Of course. It's so cool. Mountains have changed everywhere. And we don't always know the creators. What is one word 
that just comes to your mind that describes how you're feeling right now, what you're thinking. Abundant. Abundance. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. And I'm not even going to ask you why. <laughs> <laughs> now you have to hold that. <laughs> okay. Well, I would love a snapshot of what your life looked like prior to, I, I'm assuming, and please correct me if I'm wrong, your first experience with microdosing wasn't having a client, but it was your own personal experience with microdosing. Yeah, so I started microdosing a little bit over two years ago, and I did a ton of research before I did it, and the most effective ways to do it, the best strains to do it with, and so on. So before I started microdosing, I was, I had ADHD really bad and I started researching the best ways to do it and which strains to use and I did a lot of research before I actually started doing it so once I started doing it um, I realized that I had ADHD really bad I couldn't sit there and focus on anything and my doctor prescribed me to take 50 milligrams of Adderall a day so I was highly addicted to Adderall because of that reason and I was just putting shit into my body I didn't care what I was eating I was drinking all the time um, my third eye was far from open and I didn't really have a sense of purpose that I knew of. It was literally just to go to work and to come home and to party and I didn't really care about anything else and um, my frustration was so high I didn't have much patience for anything at all and the list can go on and on about <laughs> everything that I needed to work on in my life. But what you're saying is this list that you're listing off it is what so many people are feeling and experiencing every single effing day right now. Yes. It's incredible. Like, even me, when you were listening <laughs> on stuff, I'm like, that's me. <laughs> yeah. And we are all just self-medicating and desperately trying to just feel better. Yeah, and it's it's crazy to get diagnosed with something such as ADHD and you're thinking that you're doing the right thing because it's what you're being prescribed and the addiction that comes out of what most doctors are prescribing you is a problem in itself. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of doctors don't even understand nutrition, first of all. So <laughs> right. my argument there really is they don't understand what's going on in the body too much. Like they understand essential biology, but it's kind of scary how much biology, psychology, and neuroscience they do not and will not ever understand, and yet they are still telling us, here, take this pill. Oh, that didn't work. Well, three weeks from now, try this one. Yeah. And they're just entirely different. One month you're on antipsychotic. The next month you're on SSRI. The next month you're on a <laughs> mood stabilizer. That is entirely different brain chemistry. And you want to know why they're doing that to you? Because they don't understand a gosh darn thing. Exactly. And it's just something that masks your issues. Mm -hmm. It doesn't actually fix it in the long run. It's just something you have to rely on every single day. Yeah. Oh, that's it's so wonderful to know there are alternative options. There's holistic options that can not only show people what it feels like to be in a better place, but it can actually take them there. Yeah, because exactly. that's at least my understanding of microdosing mushrooms. 
Yeah, so it's not something that actually masks. It's something that will eventually cure you of of everything that you have because it starts to open up the opposite side of your brain that you're normally used to functioning on, and that is where you can start healing yourself of anything that you were given. If a doctor says that you're bipolar or you're depressed or you have anxiety, you are able to cure that yourself and with the help of plant medicine as well. I couldn't agree more. We definitely have the power and control. We're just not really making a lot of those correct choices. Exactly. And then I think when we are met with things that might be closer to our needs, it feels so uncomfortable, we push it away. Yes. And (laughs) could you say that sometimes that's why people would call a trip bad is because it was just so far away from expectation that they're afraid of it. Yes, so I have a lot of clients that are scared to death of psilocybin because they decided to eat two, three, four grams one time thinking that they were going to have the experience of a lifetime and tripping and all this fun. And whenever you decide to take that much of a plant medicine, it is going to start healing you from the inside out. So it's going to start bringing up traumas and things like that, that you have deep within you. So it turns into an actual healing session rather than a fun party, good time. And what people don't understand is when they're taking that much, they don't know what the mushrooms are actually going to do to them. Yeah. And they say that it's a bad trip because all of this trauma is actually coming to the surface and wanting to be released. Mm -hmm. And they didn't know that that was going to happen. So they think that it's a bad time. (laughs) Wow. And a lot of people don't know how much trauma they really have suppressed and pushed down and, or even experienced in life. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because you can do healing on the outside and you can, work towards that every day but energy is completely different so you know everything in this world is energy so it makes sense that whenever traumas happen to you that we store it inside of our bodies and that's a whole nother aspect of releasing when you first receive a new client what is that process like for them so I always like to have a consultation with people first. I want to discuss with them what it is that they're looking for, what they're going through, and what it is that they really want to work on. I have to know that they're serious whenever they want to do something like this because it's it's pretty life-changing. And if you're willing to go through the process, then you just have to be willing to heal as well with it. And... I don't take in any clients that are on any SSRIs or any mood-enhancing stimulants, I would say, because Mm -hmm. you don't want to work with plant medicine and also be taking something that is producing dopamine and serotonin for you because that just can't work together. And once I have my consultation with them, I explain to them the whole process and they start from there. Does everybody start at the same launch pad or through that assessment, do you give them the dosage and is, is it for some people, do they just do it one time or? 
What's the regimen? Okay, so I always see where people are at with their psilocybin journey. So if they frequently take psilocybin, then I know how to dose them. As compared to somebody that's never actually done psilocybin before, then I dose them a little bit different. So the goal is to build up your tolerance to the psilocybin. So that's why I start off with um, one amount, and then each week I up it a 0.05 so that you're taking in and you're building up that tolerance. And I recommend doing it once every three months. That's what I've been doing for two years. And I'm finally to the point where I no longer need to microdose because I have completely checked everything off of my list of everything that I want to heal, everything that I need to let go of. And it's helped me tremendously. And um, some clients, they feel the need to microdose after the first month of microdosing. So I always tell them if your body is calling you to do it, then go ahead, listen to your body. But if not, I recommend once every three months. Oh. And the way that I do it, I set it up. Um, you take it every other day for a month. So okay. you'll be microdosing. 14 times within a month. And you're going to work. You're living your life. Yeah, absolutely. You could do everything that you possibly can do without taking the microdose. It's such a small amount. It's almost like a vitamin. Yeah. And you almost feel euphoric. So you're never going to trip, which is what people are afraid of. They're like, am I going to be working? And all of a sudden, this dragon's going to be coming out at me. <laughs> <laughs> Her dog just <laughs> fell off the couch. Are you okay? Sleep time. Like, I feel the psilocybin really pulling at these parts of my brain that usually aren't active. Even parts of, like, my heart. Like, I'm feeling all this energy and stuff, and it puts me to bed like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really helpful with that. Um, and pretty much what it's doing whenever you're taking these microdoses is is getting your body back to its natural state. So whenever you were born, you were free of depression, anxiety, PTSD, addiction, you name it. And it's going to eventually get your body back to that state. So there's going to be times where some of my clients are going to take their microdose and the microdose is going to bring up some trauma to the surface. And they just have to purge it out. So cry, whatever it is that you need to do to get it out. Mm -hmm. That's you putting in the work as well. So it's not like the mushrooms are just going to save your complete life. You're going to have to put in work as well. And whenever these things do come to the surface, as long as my clients are releasing and letting them go and realizing that they don't come back. So once you could release trauma that is being, I don't know, like bothering you on an everyday basis that you don't really know what it is, they can start to heal themselves from the inside out. What I am hearing is it's important that you don't do anything when you are experiencing all these extremely intense feelings because you have trauma coming up. And somebody 
me being myself who unpacks a lot of trauma trunks that will come up when they are good and ready, not when I am good and ready, (laughs) is you really do have to sit with it and not do anything. Don't make any choices because you are at your most raw and exposed form in those moments. And if, if you're anything like me, you look like a wild woman. You are screaming. You're convulsing. You don't know, right? You don't know what's going on. And it can be really, really scary. And you want to maybe like do your habits that you're used to doing to make you feel better, like go smoke marijuana or mm-hmm. whatever your choices may be, good or not so good. Um, I know when I'm feeling extreme discomfort from trauma, there's such a tendency to want to do Because as human beings, we want to do something about it. But, Mm -hmm. right, we have to sit with it, especially if you're by yourself. You're not with a therapist in that moment. You really need to be with yourself. You're not going to harm yourself unless you choose to. And your feelings sure and heck aren't going to harm you any more than they already have been because they had already been inside you. If anything, now they're trying to come out and go away from you. Yeah, that's exactly what it's doing. Every time that that happens, sit with it. Yeah. And don't put any emotion towards it. You just let it be and you acknowledge that it's there. And once you can acknowledge, you can release. And once you release, then that doesn't come back because you just did the work. Yeah. It's not like my dad at age four is going to come back. <laughs> right. He's, right. He's freaking gone. Long gone. <laughs> Um, one way I like to look at releasing trauma is, you know, cause it's like way deep down in us, maybe think of it in your belly and then it's coming up through the throat. And I don't know about you, but when it gets to like that throat chest area is when it is so painful, so freaky and like so intense. But I like thinking about once it gets to the mouth, it leaves the mouth and you get to watch it because mm-hmm. your eyes are right above your, your lips. So you literally get to leave it. And if anything, you can like say goodbye. Yeah. Adios. I love having a nice, a nice cry session. Just releasing it that way. Sometimes I'll sit there and cry for like an hour. And then whenever I'm done crying, I was like, wow, that was just much needed. And I feel brand new now after Uh that. Yeah. And and once again, on that sleep thing, sleep like a baby. (laughs) Those (laughs) nights. Wow. Have you ever had a client contact you during or after um, a microdosing session of their own and they're not having a good time. It's not okay for them? Yes. Yes, I do. And I let my clients know that I'm there through the whole entire process for them. So I'm there beginning at the consultation and I'm there until the end of your microdosing. So if you ever have a question, if you ever need somebody to talk to, if anything ever comes up and you're not understanding why it's coming up, I'm there for you to talk to and my clients take full advantage of that. So I do have clients that, for example, the other day I had a client that called me and he was like, is it crazy that I don't feel like I belong to the friend group that I have right now. Oh my gosh. He's like, I'm not resonating with them anymore. And all that they want to do is party and talk about things that no longer serve me. And is this okay that 
I think that I need to find more friends and better ones. And I would, and he was really worried about it. I have the chills. <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah, he was like, I don't think that this is right. They've been my friends for 10 years. And is this okay? And I'm like, absolutely. Like, this is what happens whenever you start waking up and you start being more present. You start realizing people that are in your life that really aren't serving a purpose any longer. Wow. It's like he saw his needs and his boundaries. Exactly. That yeah. must have been so overwhelming. Yes, and he called you. Yeah, he was like, I'm sitting in the bathroom on the floor crying right now. I don't know if this is <laughs> if this is good or what. And we laugh because it's beautiful. And we laugh because we've been through this. Oh, yeah, And absolutely. we know that it is a pot of gold on the other side of this rainbow. Yeah, my friend group is completely different than what my friend group was before I started this journey and it's only because you know no nothing bad against that it's just those people drop off so that bigger and better can join in your new life with you yep and I also have clients that just you know some people have way more trauma than others do so I make sure that I'm there for them because there's going to be days that they take their microdose and they are really going through it, mm -hmm. you know, and they really need to release. And I want to be there for them whenever they need somebody to talk to because sometimes it's hard to go through that by yourself. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And if you didn't even know certain things were inside of you, to then be presented with that and you're by yourself, it's very overwhelming. Oh Yeah. I Definitely. mean, with a certain mindset, you could see it as powerful, invigorating, but I think with the typical mindset, it's shocking. Absolutely. And it's also worth it. So no matter what it is that you have to go through, through the process, in the end, I mean, my clients have completely cured themselves of their depression, their anxiety. Um, they no longer addicted to what they were addicted to before. I have people that were so clinically depressed that they couldn't even leave their house. And now they have friends and they're leaving their house and taking up hobbies. And it's, it's very beautiful to watch it happen. Wow. I wish I knew more of the science behind psilocybin in regards to like that dopamine activation and how it's motivating people to do the things that they were once afraid to do, for example. Yeah, and I know that it has a lot to do with opening up that opposite side of the brain. So it's actually developing new cellular connections and it's a process called neuroplasticity. Oh, we love neuroplasticity. We talk about it all day long over here. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Perfect. So, right. So I think a lot of listeners are like, hell yeah, a microdosing in <laughs> psilocybin is going to create new neurological connections. Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and what's really exciting is it sounds like it just busts away useless ones. It busts away... Are our connections that super no longer serve us ones that we held on to even though we didn't need them but we still were functioning off of them it's maladaptive exactly and it happens fast so you just have to be ready for it you have to be ready for like this new life that that you have pictured in your head you have to be ready for this trauma to be healed you have to be ready for 
a lot of things because it's going to completely change your life it, for the better. Absolutely. So you have to have an idea of where you want to go. Yes. You need which to have a life have, vision. Yeah, which is why I have my consultations because I want to know that they're serious about it. And I want to know that they're ready to also put in the work as well. Yeah, because if you're seeing the life that you already have, then it means you're going to make the same choices and do the same behaviors. Exactly. Exactly. Wow, very brilliant consultation. <laughs> right, because if they don't have a life vision, then even their self-belief through that microdosing, it, it, it might not be enough. And if anything, right, just give them like bad trip after bad trip. Yeah, they just have no idea. But really, if people knew that eating a high dose of mushrooms, which I also do twice a year, I eat five grams of mushrooms. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! <laughs> I I think I most did, did one, and I thought I was dying. <laughs> <laughs> that is a whole. You better be in your house, and you better be ready to release. I was in a bar, <laughs> and everybody turned into evil, scary people. Obviously. Oh my gosh. Duh. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> I was in an in an entirely unsupported environment. I was surrounded by humans that were engaging in very unhealthy, disconnected behaviors. I was given this chocolate bar by a DJ, so I didn't even really know what was in the chocolate bar. <laughs> Yeah, you don't know how much you're getting whenever you get a chocolate bar. That was absolutely setting me up for a bad trip because I already, during that point in my life, was like starting to really wonder about people's like MOs and why why do people make friends with people? Can I trust everybody? So yeah, everyone turned into untrustworthy serpents in the bar. <laughs> it was terrible. I left. Hit yeah. behind a snowbank. It blows my mind whenever people are like, yeah, I, I ate three grams at a music festival or I ate three grams at the bar or at a party. And I'm like, that right there was your first mistake because <laughs> it's going to turn into a healing session rather than a good time. And you're absolutely going to feel like you're having a bad trip because you need to just sit with yourself and your own mind and not have everybody else around you while you're doing it. Yes. <laughs> So people are probably wondering, what is a good time dose? A 0.5. I agree. A 0.5 totally. is a great, great starter. And every strain is different, so some have higher psilocybin counts than others. So it would be good to do a little bit of research before you eat it, you know, on what strain it is. I always just say 0.5 is perfect to start off with. If a few hours go by and you're feeling like you want a little bit more, then eat another 0.5, and that should just be perfect. Do you know how long the average trip is, the average psilocybin experience? Because I'm wondering what the half-life is. So do you know the average amount of time that psilocybin is active within you once you take it? I actually have no idea, and every single time that I eat psilocybin, it is different. I agree. I could have a trip that lasts me four hours, and then I can have a trip that lasts me 12 hours, even with the same dose. Oh, wow. My experience, I've noticed that I kind of like fall off of my regimen, and 
you know, get out of the healing process whenever that happens. And I don't know, it's just something about five days that I always say that's your limit that you need to take if you're going to skip that many days in between. After five days, you'll have to start over again. Oh, huh. <laughs> Interesting. I wonder if it kind of builds up like kava does in your system. It could. So, so most substances we're familiar with taking, we have to take more over time. For it to work well but with kava and maybe psilocybin the more you take it the more your body like basically understands it and accepts it and then the more active it can become yes my tolerance is built up from it but now whenever I take a 0.5 I could potentially have a pretty big trip from it whoa <laughs> okay yeah so what I just said must be true wow and I, I think it's crazy, too, because I'm like, okay, well, you know, I avidly microdose, and I, I could take a little munch here, a little munch there all the time. I just love mushrooms so much. But <laughs> it seems that the more that I'm doing them, the the more trippy that it feels with just a smaller amount. So how do you feel about that? I love it. Wow. I love it. I love I think that less is more. So, I would rather take less of it and feel more than have to eat more of it. Cool. <laughs> and do you like reality as is or do you maybe prefer psilocybin reality? I love reality as is and since I've been microdosing for 2 years and I meditate every day, some days I will wake up and I do feel like that I am in a mushroom trip whenever I am completely sober, which is crazy to me. I mean, this is new as of probably about three months. This has been going on. And I have to check myself. Did I eat mushrooms today? <laughs> no, I did not eat mushrooms today, but I'm feeling like I did. So it's crazy what is happening, but... Wow. Yeah. If you guys could see her face, she's glowing, she's <laughs> smiling, like she's addicted to it. It's, wow, contagious. You, you want to just kind of like eat her. <laughs> like, I want, I want to be this happy. <laughs> now, I trust that everything is going to happen on divine timing, and I completely live in the present, and that's all that matters, really, because... I mean, time isn't even real, you know, so. Right. <laughs> and if we're always living in the past, then what are we living for? Exactly. Oh, that might be a cliche, cliche quote, but seriously. It's true. And I struggle with rumination because of my OCD. I know a lot of listeners struggle with that rumination, especially near bedtime. Mm -hmm. We're just like up and usually we do the phone scroll to quiet that noise inside of us. How wonderful of a life would it be? to truly take all of that noise away. And that's something that you've achieved because of microdosing. And meditation. And meditation. And meditation. So important. I tell all of my clients, please journal and meditate throughout this whole process because mm -hmm. then you can just connect to your higher self. And that right there is being present. Absolutely. Yeah. And I told you before that I completely cured myself of my ADHD. I don't have it at all anymore. Like, I feel jealousy hearing that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I got rid of my addiction. Things don't frustrate me anymore. I used to have zero patience at all. Like, 
everybody knew that about me. I had no patience. And now I have all the patience in the world <laughs> to an extent. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I need to get on a regimen because who you were and who you've become is the journey I am on right now. I would love to help you. Yeah, definitely. I've, I've found so much relief through, you know, making better choices, supplementing, and then through like flow movement and stuff. Meditation is great. Journaling. Wow. Yeah. Journaling seems like the most elementary thing ever. Holy smokes. Five minutes of journaling is like you're a whole new person. It, yeah. It's really weird. And you could go back and read to see the progress that you've come to. I mean, it's it's really just for you to be able to see how far you've actually come. And it's I love it. I love going back to a year to date and reading it and being like, oh my God, how much I have grown from just a year ago. Amazing. I I think there's a lot of people like me who have the severe depressions, the, the severe labels, and we get to a certain point in our healing journey where we're like, is this enough? Is, is this going to work for a lifetime? And though I 1,000% believe in everything I'm doing, there is this very deep and heavy part of me that's always felt like, I think medication is what would show me what it feels like to get to that point that I want to be at. Not that I would want to be on medication to heal me, but to show me where I'm trying to go, but to give me a better idea. Um, of what behaviors that I need to implement, what life tools I need to implement. But with the microdosing, it seems to, with the psilocybin, it seems like it has this ability where I could get in 10 years, I think microdosing could get me in two months. Absolutely. And that's what I'm trying to kind of let the listeners know is by no means am I discouraged on the journey that I am currently on. It's very holistic. It's very awesome. But hearing... The results you get from microdosing makes me want to just jump on board, obviously. It makes me want to get that expedited results. Exactly. Yeah, and, and nobody knows what to expect until they actually go through the process. So oh my gosh. if you're willing to do it, jump on it and just let them do their magic. Yeah. I think even three months ago, I would have been petrified to even consider touching psilocybin ever again, but even with some work I've done with myself, I'm so ready. It's all about erasing fear. Exactly. There's so much fear we hold on to, and for why? We live in the most comfortable modern times humans have ever lived in. <laughs> we don't have to have all this cortisol and fight and flight. There's, it's pointless. Mm -hmm. And if anything, though, that's why we have all this anxiety because we don't know where to put cortisol anymore basically it's like we have all these hormones floating in us we're like what do we do exactly i want psilocybin to show me what to do with this stuff <laughs> <laughs> it will too it'll just start opening up your mind to everything you, you'll just start living your life just like you always were but your mind is so much more open to things and you're like wow and i know okay. my mind wouldn't tick on well maybe you should maybe have a glass of wine right now or uh, smoke a bowl, like that's always a quick one. Like I know because I have tried psilocybin, my mind does not even, it's a different brain. Like <laughs> those thoughts are in a different brain. Mm -hmm. 
Psilocybin does not consider those low-level behaviors is what I call them because it comes from your lower mind. It comes from your wants, your fast action desires, the animal part of your brain. It's like psilocybin knows what you need and it goes to your cortex, that, that front smart part of your brain is, and it has like that conversation. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hi, what do we need today? Okay, well, we got to knock out this trauma first and <laughs> you're going to have a two hour cry. But... <laughs> yeah, it helps you not want the low frequency thing. So the alcohol or even the, the processed foods that you're putting into your body, it, it makes you crave actually fueling your body and creating that serotonin and not living in lower frequencies. It makes you want to up your frequency. Do you know anything in regards to psilocybin and PTSD? Yes. Or CPTSD? Whichever one. I have a client who had really bad PTSD from car accidents that they have been in. And actually, I could speak on that for myself as well because I've been in over 10 car accidents and I am was scared to death to drive in the car. Was that because of life choices you were making? <laughs> they weren't my fault, except for like three. Oh my God. <laughs> Well, you know, whenever you live in snow, the ice is inevitable I sometimes. do, yeah. <laughs> so that's where most of them came from. Dang. And I actually flipped a car one time, so that right there, like, the trauma from that alone was crazy, and the psilocybin helped me to release that. Wow. So I have somebody that just recently came to me, and they have PTSD from being in the military and going overseas, and... I'm still waiting for him to set up a consultation with me, but this is all a learning process. So I'm learning more and more about the psilocybin as I go along. So mm -hmm. I'm excited to open up new areas and to see how much more I could help people with things that I don't know about yet. Yeah. I even had a client who lost their taste and their smell from COVID and they didn't have it for almost a year, and the psilocybin brought it back for them. The psilocybin helps you use all of your senses more. It heightens them. So your taste, your smell, your sight, even like music sounds better to you whenever. Wow. And something that I have found, because I can become overstimulated very quickly, I'm hypersensitive to touch, is the psilocybin, even if it turns everything into furry caterpillars, you know, every <laughs> last thing, I, I'm not fearful, and everything is wonderful, and nothing is too much or too little. Uh-huh. Yep. Oh, everything exactly. is so smooth. Very smooth. Mm-hmm. Very smooth and euphoric. Yeah, you feel bubbly on the inside and, like, smooth and comfortable on the outside. Yes. I love the senses being heightened, too, because, you know, we're used to just using these senses, and we're not using them to our full advantage most of the time. And then once that starts being heightened and you start using that more, then your third eye starts to open as well. So you could start to see and feel energies around you and things like that as well. So that's just another sense that you're able to open up and use, which is really cool. Or scary. <laughs> or scary. I think some people, when they start feeling vibes, vibrations, the energy people emit, it, it, it's almost like you feel like, oh my gosh, do I have a psychosis now or something? Because 
you're like, why, why do I almost understand people? Like, why can't I hear people almost in this certain way? And we're all supposed to be able to do that anyways. Yeah. yeah. But it's the substances and the foods and the surroundings that we're, you know, putting into our bodies every day that inhibit us from doing that. Wow. I remember when mine kicked in. Yeah. It was either like when I was 19, maybe a little bit younger, I was petrified. <laughs> I didn't, I thought there was something wrong with me. I'm to the point where I almost feel bad because I'll feel somebody's energy. They don't even have to speak to me. And if I get a bad vibe, I'm like, all right, well, I don't want this person near Mm -hmm. me. And I'm just going to act like that they don't even exist. Am I being rude or what? (laughs) Yep. I, I, I agree with you though. We, we are learning things about people before they open their mouth and advertise to us. It's like we actually see the truth behind the billboard. Exactly. I don't mind. It took a, a bit to get used to it. It's a superpower. Holy smokes. We all have this superpower inside of us. We do. It is so cool how much you can communicate with people without words. Yeah. Because everything's energy. Oh, and people probably are puking in their mouth hearing you say that, but you guys, everything is energy. Like, it's just the way it is. Science. Facts. <laughs> You know, there's that whole, like, idea of of woo-woo and spiritual. But a lot of those practices are founded in science. Exactly. They just made it look prettier. (laughs) Way better. (laughs) I think microdosing is this really cool, almost blend between those two worlds. You can bring it together. You can bring your average person and science together yep yep and they can agree with the solution that's exactly what it is it's nice to have those extra senses because then you you don't have to get caught up in something that can potentially be bad for you you know it right off the bat Mm -hmm. even foods that you're putting into your mouth you'll know that it's not good for you before you put it into your mouth because your body is telling you that and the more we go against that inner voice we'll call it that is when we dysregulate our nervous system, and that's when we cause mental or physical illness because we are literally going against our own needs. We are not listening to ourselves. Exactly. Sometimes I'll go to open up a bag of tortilla chips, and my body will physically drop them out of my hand, and I'm like, all right, well, that's it. my body telling me to just not eat those. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I can't even buy chips. I cannot. I will eat the whole bag. <laughs> yeah, but I'm I'm so thankful that microdosing has completely helped me to be vegan and to n- be very careful what I put into my body. I read every label. I make sure that it's organic and I feel so much better. I can't believe the things that I used to eat and put into my body. Yeah. And that really shuts us down. Yeah. That's the most simple way I'll put it. It, sh- it certainly does not elevate us. And your third eye jump. can't open whenever you're completely just trashing your body. It's- no. Our, our pineal gland, which is where melatonin literally is made. It is the only part of our body melatonin is made. And if you know anything about melatonin, it comes from your serotonin. And we absolutely need melatonin. <coughs> don't ever supplement melatonin. Listen to all the podcasts about that. <laughs> Seriously, don't. Um... <laughs> 
but we need our pineal gland to be functioning properly. Mm-hmm. And I think um, in certain communities, uh, they'll say that our pineal gland can become calcified. Yeah. A, a lot of people's are. Yes. We can uncalcify it. Absolutely. Yeah, everybody can. And that's not like it's covered in calcium, right? No. That's not how I... <laughs> no. I'm a very visual person, like how I think of thoughts. So I'm like, oh, it's like all white and covered in stuff. Yeah, it's like literally the size of a grain of rice. So if you just think of that grain of rice and it's just covered and it's not able to actually do its job, that's when it's calcified. It's like a, a yogurt covered seed you can't grow. <laughs> That's yeah. good. I'm just visioning that right now. <laughs> and then do work with the pineal gland and then you can make melatonin and sleep like a baby. Exactly. <laughs> science! Exactly. That's exactly what it does. We love science. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get into microdosing, especially as a business owner. It's one thing to come across microdosing and do as a regimen, which is how I've come across it, right? But it's not like I stumbled across it. I'm like, wow, I'm going to start growing and selling it and making my whole life around it. I never expected to start a business doing this at all. And the reason why I really wanted to start doing it was because I was working at a resort and I was so frustrated with the amount of people that would come up to me and ask me the most horrible questions that should have already been (laughs) understood before coming there and just dealing with people all the time, all day. And I was doing research, I was watching documentaries, and I was just ready for something different. And I didn't want to be on medication anymore. I didn't want to go to the doctor to get more medication, and I wanted to do it naturally. So I thought, why not? Why not start with microdosing and see if this helps me? And it completely changed my life so rapid that that's when I wanted to start helping other people. I was like, if this could help me in such small aspects of my life and completely turn my life around, it's definitely going to do that for other people. So that's when I started wanting to help other people. It wasn't until about almost a year after microdosing by myself that I wanted to help other people as well. Because I wanted to make sure that it was lasting effects and that it was really doing all the research that I did. I wanted to make sure that it was falling through or following through with what I wanted to do. And it absolutely did. So that's whenever I started helping people. And it started off with just my close friends and my family that really trusted me. And it got so crazy. To the point, at at one point in time, I was like, do I need to hire an assistant or something to help me? Because I'm constantly on the phone with my clients. I'm having consultations. I'm having people needing my help so much in a day that I, at one point in time, thought that I would have to hire an assistant. But I, I'm handling it on my own now, and I've, you know, set boundaries and things like that. But Nice. Yeah, there's a lot of people that really need 
this help and it's really working. I mean, 60 clients and there's not one client that it didn't work for. So I know that it's not going to be for everybody because that's such as everything in life, but I haven't come across that yet. It seems like the people that are choosing somehow know it's right for them. Exactly. Or they're making it work for them. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Or it's working for their mom or for their sister or brother, you know, and and they're seeing their progress and they're like, wow, okay, Mm -hmm. maybe I really should. You know, they were the guinea pig first, so now I could try it. (laughs) (laughs) Totally right. A lot of people do need to see to believe. Exactly. I'm a visual learner too. It's just reviews. Mm -hmm. Yep. Exactly. Well, you apparently have a lot of five-star reviews. (laughs) Wow. If I could just, you know, advertise myself. But you don't have to. And (laughs) and thank goodness, because I would say one of the more shadowy sides of business in my regard is is the marketing is is always having your brain turned on to okay what's the next thing I'm gonna post or whatever exactly it's exhausting and it's not reality yeah so I'm there's a part of each day of my life I am giving away to not reality and it, it hurts me I don't like it so to you and to anybody else that can run a business without being fully present Do it and do it for as long as you can. It's amazing. Yeah, and eventually um, my goal is to have something where people can go to and and tell everybody their experiences, you know, blog it or just have something for people to go back to and look at. Totally. So that they could relate to them because what my experience is isn't going to be the next person experience. Mm -hmm. So. It'll be nice to have something for people to go back and read and reassure themselves that they're on the right path because, hey, this happened to this person, so that's great because that's what I'm going through too. And just, I I don't know, I just love to have people be able to go to a place and feel safe to talk about things like that and so other people can learn from them as well. Oh, it's immensely important. And it's something I was working on actually before you came here is I'm starting up a whole forum community on my website and I can totally show you how to do that as well easy peasy because it is very important that we can come together not on Instagram or TikTok where we're in this weird boxed in comment section where we can fully tell our story where we can be present and be ourselves. that's forum if in my opinion oh yeah me because every single person's story is important and it all fits in because You know, everybody's different. Everybody's at different healing journeys and everybody has different trauma and everybody's different. Yeah. And and not one person's journey is more or less than the other. Exactly. They're just so dynamic and diverse. Mm-hmm. Most people's ending results are the same, but the process and the journey is not. Oh, that's so cool. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Wow. Make that a bumper singer. It's <laughs> right. little mushrooms all around it. <laughs> it blows my mind when people are like, "Yeah, my friend told me it was okay, and they gave me three grams." And I was like, "What? When like, did your friend become a doctor? <laughs> did you do any research before you took three grams and like decided to go to the bar or something?" <laughs> yeah, it's crazy to me how what people think a normal dose of mushrooms is, and it's borderline heroic dose you know you should 
not be going anywhere whenever you take that amount. No, you can create new trauma inside of you. Yeah. Holy smokes. I was 19 or 20, and I'll share this as a whole episode sometime, but I took some ecstasy rolls stamped Yeah, <laughs> in college, and I proceeded to induce an eight-month psychosis. Essentially schizophrenia. I was experiencing, but I was going to school for psychology. So I knew everything that was going on to me, but yeah, I still couldn't control it. That's crazy. Oh, it still like freaks me out even thinking about it. Yeah. That's crazy. We have to be so careful, people. I am not a not smart person. (laughs) And this happened to me. One ecstasy roll. Yeah, it can happen. Mm-hmm. Well, and when when you're neurodivergent and more sensitive to so much stuff because of your experiences, yep. Hell yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You just just do your research before you do anything like that. And if you are just trusting what your friend tells you to do, I'm glad that you trust them enough to do that. But you should still really know <laughs> what it is that you're taking. That was a beautiful way to put it. I'm just gonna say. Don't listen to people. <laughs> Do your due diligence. Exactly. Yes. You're your mom. You're your own dad. You're your own person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To them without them even trying as well because, you know, you have to put in the work. You have to be willing to release trauma whenever it comes up. And you have to be willing to expand your mind and to you just have to be open to this whole process because if you're not open to it then you're just in a whole world of a mess whenever you get into it because it could I don't know potentially people that don't know what it can do for them it could potentially like mess them up I I would assume it hasn't happened at all yet but if your third eye is opening and you're seeing things for what they really are and you weren't ready for that then could potentially mess things up. Yeah, you you could certainly create some interesting neurological pathways or confuse some pathways and now what once felt good could feel scary. Exactly. Or even like you could look at your partner and now you're unsure of them. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep, that's happened. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a there's a lot of stories I've heard where the human interaction becomes askew from the psilocybin. And I personally cannot be around people when I'm on, like, an actual trip. Like, higher than a microdose. Oh, gosh. it's People are the scariest thing to me. You're probably very sensitive to energy in general. And I, that yeah. just enhances it. I can, like, just see people's, like, life stories and truths. And I don't mean this in a bad way, but we hide so much and it's like I see everybody's everything's on all their tables. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Like it's so much because there's a lot of darkness on everyone's tables, and there's a lot of light. It, it's a lot when you're under the influence and you're you're confused already. You're you're raw. You're open, and now you're seeing, just like yeah. Oof. She did it on her own. This is a very smart dog. Are you a psilocybin dog? (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) You're so cute. It's networks and circles that are more healthy-minded. And through those connections, they will tell you about their secret friends. Hey there, as quote-unquote promised, 
Here is the story about her client who received ketamine therapy. So it was here in Florida. And not only were they receiving ketamine treatment at the facility and they were undergoing therapy, but they were also given, and I, I, I asked her so many times if she was informing me correctly because it just seemed untrue. This individual was given a nasal spray of ketamine that he could take home and use at any time. Are you effing kidding me? Are you effing kidding me? This is why I am here talking about what I'm talking about because there are so many scientists excited to help, but because they don't have mental health disorders or they've never struggled with addiction, they don't understand how sensitive of topics they're actually playing with or researching on. So again, I am here to bridge the gap in between science, especially all the things that were like, ooh, I don't know if I'm sure about that, and then the bullshit that is actual life. I've made so many poor choices in life, and without medication, and without all of that other dangerous stuff, I have leveraged and I have succeeded. And so can you. I'm sharing this story to show that not all silver is gold in the world of research and clinical trials, especially once we finally land on trying to actually help the human beings. Because we can test on animals all day long and we can get great results. But when it finally comes time to test on humans, we are so vastly different internally, each one of us, that if we are prone to addiction, as we have just now learned, you can easily become addicted to something that you're using as a treatment. So this individual came to her and he literally had the nasal spray and he couldn't stop using it. So during his consultation, because as you heard her say, she always has a consultation before accepting a client. He was just spraying and not just once. He even turned her, he's like, I can't stop. I am super addicted to ketamine. And the ketamine is only a part of my life because I was trying to overcome my depression. So she accepted him as a client. He went on a month-long regimen. Not only, I just got chills. Can you see it? Not only does he not struggle with depression anymore. He no longer is addicted to ketamine. What? Sorry for being silent to people just listening to podcasts. Even though I'm sharing the story, I already know about it. It still blows my mind. This is incredible. This is, this is such an incredible result to actually know truly happens to people. And this person clearly has an addictive personality. He didn't get addicted to mushrooms. He did not get addicted to the mushrooms. He is no longer addicted to ketamine and because of how we talk around here, he is no longer addicted to certain thoughts and feelings that supported a depressive state. And with that being said, all the best today, Biebs. You got this, and you've, you've got it every day. I hope you're starting to see it. I hope you're starting to believe it, because you're gonna become it. You've got this. 
This is Breezy signing off from an amazing interview episode of From Struggle to Success.